up, beautiful people? So in today's episode, we have Houston Craft, where we talked about how to show genuine love to people who hurt you or vice versa. I hope you guys enjoy this interview. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for agreeing for this interview. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I want my viewers to really understand who you are and what you've accomplished. Mm. I would love to understand who I am and <laughs> what I've accomplished too. Uh, yeah, my, I mean, my work for the past 10 years has been working in schools, uh, doing like speaking for assemblies and leadership right. conferences. And uh, back in 2016, one of my heroes and mentors, we came together to create this thing called Character Strong, wow. which is all about um, helping schools more effectively teach kindness, compassion, right. empathy, connection, all those things that we know are important and believe in. But yeah. um, I think sometimes we forget that they're like just as much of a skill set as right. just about anything else. That's but true. Schools like don't necessarily have time for it or they don't know how to teach it. So we try to create tools to gotcha. um, make schools more human. Got you, got you. And with your speeches, that because I know you're a speaker, right? So, what do you mainly like talk about? What is your main topic you go to every time yeah. you go to a school and talk? Yeah, I think like the the overall theme is make kindness normal. So right. How do we? Um, and it stems from a story that I tell often around um, being next to this woman on an airplane. Right. And when I told her that I worked in schools talking about kindness, uh, she shared with me a story about how at the last time she'd ridden on an airplane was because uh, she'd lost her dad. Wow. And she was flying from Washington to Arizona to go um, and try to see him, but she, he literally passed away like on the flight. And so she lands in Arizona, she's in the airport, and for basically two hours, 3,000 people walked by her and no one stopped. And uh, I'm talking around the airplane about this and she has this line where she says, I realized in the airport that day that kindness isn't normal. And I remember being really affected by that. Yeah. As someone that believes in kindness and in a world where I think we sort of all agree that kindness is good. Yeah. um, I remember thinking, why why is that? Like, what's, what are we missing? Yeah, Um, right. And so over the years, my, my, my topic has changed a little bit. It's always been thematically about love or kindness or mm-hmm. connection or compassion. But um, more and more, I've like honed in on that idea of um, what does it look like to make kindness normal in our world? Uh, and then how do you make that smaller, right? So like, what does it look like to make kindness normal in a school? What does it, make, yeah. what does it look like to make kindness <coughs> most challengingly and perhaps most importantly, like in our own lives? Right. Uh, so how do we create habits that are healthy and positive and mm-hmm. um, serve others and take care of ourselves? And yeah, so the theme is making kindness normal. Wow. Okay. Um, so honing in into that, I know that, you know, in our lives, we have all had people or a group of people that have hurt us. And I know the norm, basically, when people hurt us is to take revenge. And I want to know for you personally, um, what was the catalyst that allowed you to change that mindset from taking revenge into a more compassionate and caring one? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so much of our life is affected by the relationships that we have in it. And uh, when you have role models of people that know how to handle conflict or resentment or anger well, Mm -hmm. um, it just gives you perspective to know how to do it better in your own life. So uh, one of my favorite quotes I heard a couple years ago that's like messed up my brain ever since (laughs) is that life is as big as our awareness, which means the entire size of our life is exactly the size of everything that we're aware of. Right. So the things that we're aware of are the things that we know that we know are the things that we know that we don't know. But then there's like a much larger category of things that we don't know that we don't know. Right. But if we don't know that we don't know them, they literally don't exist to us. Right. So 
for so many people, those skills of being able to navigate hurt or navigate resentment or navigate forgiveness, uh, we only are able to use the skills that we've seen in the world. Right. Because if we don't have any other perspectives offered to us, if we don't get a chance to see people role model what that looks like, then like we literally don't know how to do it. Exactly. Maslow says like if the only tool in your toolbox is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Right, and exactly. So forgiveness is one of those big ones that yeah. uh, is super misunderstood and not often well role modeled in the world. And so we have a hard time with it. So yeah. for me, I've just been lucky enough to see other people um, and, and learn from other people who've taught me that like forgiveness, forgiveness isn't uh, saying what you did to me is okay. Right. Forgiveness is separating the person from the behavior. Oh right? wow! So yeah, I can love you as a person and say your behavior is not okay. Yeah, and that's challenging yeah. <laughs> because we sometimes lump those two things yeah. together. Um, but we all behave in ways that are out of alignment sometimes. We all behave in ways exactly. that are byproducts of our own hurt, our own pain exactly. that we then inflict onto others. And yeah. so if I can separate you from that behavior that hurt me, uh, I can forgive you and say, this behavior is not okay in my life, right? I'm yeah. allowed to create that boundary. Yeah, that's powerful. That's wow. really powerful for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's like, you know, quotes are like great ways to like wrap your heads right. around complicated yeah, subjects. Exactly. So separating person from behavior is a big one in my life. Um, we can't sow seeds with closed fists uh, is one of my favorites. Wow, that's very amazing. Yeah, you're never going to grow if you're hanging exactly. on to all the stuff that hurts. Exactly. Um, and then the, my other favorite is the, <coughs> the, like a humbling reminder. Uh, I forget who says the quote, but it's like when you're, when you're holding a grudge, the other person's out dancing. Which means wow. the only it's, person it's hurting is it's you. <laughs> it's you, and wow. it's like that's a dumb thing we do to ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I just like I love stuff like that that informs right. these words, and I've been lucky enough to be given lots of those perspectives that have helped me not perfect it by any stretch of the imagination, but like get better at forgiveness yeah. in my life. Yeah. Uh, I think that's really powerful, like forgiveness. A lot of people, you know, they see forgiveness as like what you said, forgiving the person, but it's really the behavior that we have to forgive. Yeah, that's really powerful. Um, yeah. So what are the top three habits that someone can practice every day to change the mindset of like what we were just talking about, you know, taking on revenge? So what you can give to my viewers, what would you say would be the top three habits that you think they should do to change the mindset of them to you know of taking wanting to take revenge or hurting the other person to a more compassionate and loving mindset yeah i mean habits is such a like an interesting concept and word to me for lots of reasons mm -hmm. um the data would tell us that 45 percent of our day is built on routine mm -hmm. so like half of our life is on yeah. autopilot <laughs> right which is wild so um to me just knowing that piece of information makes it that much more important in my life to figure out what are the habits that I want what, what do I want in that 45% because exactly. <laughs> if it's going to control half my yeah, life exactly then like half my health half my gratitude half my happiness is going to be dictated in that time right so um, those habits can look like lots of things to a lot of different people for me one of my favorite strategies from um, Brene Brown who's a researcher and writer on shame and vulnerability and oh, empathy wow. and connection she does everything she's amazing <laughs> Um, and she has one of the most watched TED Talks of all time. And uh, she has a couple of things that she's, she's said that I've found to be really profound. One of them is um, she's interviewed thousands of people. And in all of her data, she discovered that the most kind people were also the most boundaried. 
which is a little bit counterintuitive. Yeah. Meaning they actually say no to more things than they say yes to. Wow. And for some of us, we think that just like saying yes to everything or everyone is like being generous. But sometimes when we say yes to everything, we overextend ourselves and then we end up giving half of our energy to half of the places. Right. True. Half the time. Yeah. Uh, And so she, one of her strategies is she has like um, a post-it note about the size of a post-it note. And um, it's things that are okay and not okay in my life. Oh, wow. Um, and so going back to the person, the behavior thing yeah. is like really actually like writing down and clarifying what's okay, like declaring what's okay and what's not okay in my life. So it's not okay for people to treat me like X. Mm-hmm. It is okay for people to, to treat me like Y. Mm-hmm. Right? And like literally writing that out so that you have a benchmark to go back to when someone's treating you in a way and you feel like it's... Um, we're our own slippery slope where we can like self-justify especially if we want to be kind or like people pleasers like right. I am or codependent <laughs> at all yeah then we want to like we want to justify people's behaviors it's like it's okay or they didn't mean to um right. or we're confused about what forgiveness actually means and yeah. so sometimes we like let people off the hook when like sometimes that clarity is really important for holding people accountable yeah, exactly and one I of agree. my favorite concepts is like we can love people from a, <laughs> from a distance you know, right. you can say, like, yeah. I love you, but you're not allowed to be in this space of my life oh, right now. Yeah. Which is really important yeah, and really, really healthy is. to remove some of that toxicity from our life. Yeah. So another strategy Brene Brown talks about is, like, writing a permission slip to yourself, which, like, like we used to do when we were kids. Like, yeah. families would sign off on these things. Like, you're allowed to go to this. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes we need that self-permission right. to do or be the things that we, like, say we want to be, but don't always align our actions yeah. to it because we get busy. Exactly. Um, which would be kind of leads me to the last strategy, which is um, if you're the kind of person that enjoys to-do lists, which most people uh, yeah. are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, statistically so in the U.S., yeah. we, like, we write things down we've already done just to check them off. Yeah. Um, and so one of my favorite premises is that our, our to-be lists should be um, prioritized over our to-do list. So oh, like wow. who we want to be in our life um, needs to be a bigger deal than like all the things we need to get done that day. Wow. So That's most people do powerful. it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird because we do it backwards most exactly. of the time. Exactly. <laughs> We're like, I'll get to this stuff after I do everything else I have to exactly. do. Exactly. And that's like a funny backwards way of like doing everything else that like the world wants you to do before you do what you believe in or care about. Right. So literally writing out like today I want to be kind. What does that look like? Well, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z today. Right. And then I'm going to do this, right? Like, wow. so if, if I want to be the kind of person that's grateful, well, what does that mean? On my to-be to list, it means I have to spend five minutes journaling about gratitude in my life. Exactly. Before I write those emails or before exactly. I do the laundry or before I, whatever I have, wow. life is asking me to do that day. Yeah. I want to really get into, because a lot of people, when they see a really loving person, I think you mentioned this already, they you know, they think that you're going to say yes to everything. And Mm. sometimes, you know, people take advantage of how much love you give out. So I want to ask you, what is the biggest misconception you've noticed that um, people have about being such a loving person? Yeah. Yeah, that that love means being a doormat would be a misconception. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, to love people well requires both... Uh, we always say like the tough and the tender, right? Right. Where it's like, 
we most often in our culture associate love with the tender part of things where it's like oh everything's okay I'll help you I'll be there Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes love looks like really hard conversations tough honest conversations it looks like creating a boundary between people it doesn't always feel good to set up but it's like actually healthy for both the people it's sometimes communicating into your life things that you don't want to hear but are like important for you and like because I care about you I'm going to draw this line or I'm going to tell you this thing um yeah, James Hunter defines leadership. He says it's the definition of leadership is um, meeting people's legitimate needs. Wow. You want to make it really simple? Oh, yeah, 100%. That definition is important because it's not wants. Yeah. Right? And sometimes we think that love is like doing whatever people want us to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that gets messy pretty fast. <laughs> because <laughs> right. some people are yeah. confused about what they want. Some people want things for people for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Some people use the wants as like manipulation tools. Oh, right. So, <laughs> this, yeah, the skill set then of love is uh, discerning what people's needs are versus what they what their wants are yeah and then having the discipline and the fortitude and the the vulnerability and like the the communication skills to like Mm -hmm. lay out those boundaries to speak honestly into people's lives um to not just like you know be a doormat but like truly stand up for the things that you care about and for caring about people um that's the most loving thing we can do sometimes the most loving thing we can do is fire someone sometimes the most loving thing we could do is break up with someone (laughs) Sometimes the most oh, loving right. thing we can do, right? And there's, like, lots of those things that feel counterintuitive based on our culture's presentation of yeah. love. Uh, and that's where it's important that you get, like, clarity around what kind of love you're trying to be about in the world. Right, exactly. I love that. I love that. Okay, so I really want to go into... Nowadays, I'm sure you've noticed, there's a lot of people on the Internet that are, you know, taking this concept into their life of spreading love, spreading kindness, and everything like that. But... The thing I've noticed, and I know a lot of viewers have noticed this too, and many people on the internet have noticed this, that some people, they preach about this, of you know, spreading love and kindness and having a caring, passionate mindset, but their actions say otherwise. So, yeah, so from your perspective, um, how can a person genuinely have agape love, which is, you know, universal love for everyone, and not a tongue-in-cheek love, where they just say it, and but they don't really truly mean it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, so much of that is individual work, you know? It's like yeah. understanding... First, we have to understand the distinction between the two. Um, and again, it goes back to that, like, perspective piece. It comes back to language. Like, when we say the word kindness or love, mm-hmm. what does come to our brains? And for some people, the version they know is the tongue-in-cheek version. It is yeah. the manipulative version. Because that's all that they've maybe... That's the thing they've seen most in their life. And right. so most of us are just echoes of experience. Wow. Yeah, um, true. So I think that, like, first of all, being patient with people that oh, are yeah. using love in that way... Um, understanding maybe where it's coming from. Um, and then if, if you're the person that wants to like own whether or not you're doing that, which I think it's worth the reflection question, yeah. how much of my love is conditional? Yeah. Um, and that's a tough question to like honestly answer, but we say that like honesty isn't just truth telling, it's truth living, so it's about like, oh, yeah. alignment, right? Yeah. Where I'm aligning all of my actions towards this thing that I profess to believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that self-reflection is really tough individual work that most of us will spend our whole life trying yeah. to like sift through oh right um but i also think that like i think we have like a branding issue with kindness in our world right now 
it's interesting because I've believed in kindness for a long time and like I love kindness haven't always been really good at kindness but I like right. it a lot <laughs> right and even over the past like five <laughs> years I think there's been a lot of things in our culture and world where like kindness is like being promoted mm -hmm. like in like Target you can buy oh, shirts yeah. that say kindness and yeah. it's like that's cool and I think we have to be careful because I work in lots of schools and so I see posters of kindness everywhere because mm -hmm. every school wants to be a kind school yeah but just because you put it up on the walls doesn't guarantee you're going to see actions. Exactly. And the quote I see most often is throw kindness around like confetti, which is like a famous like pin Pinterest Instagram yeah. quote that like makes its viral rounds all the time. <laughs> and it's a lovely concept. Yeah. Uh, I also think it like fluffifies kindness in a really dangerous way. Oh, yeah. Like 100%. if we think that kindness is as easy as confetti, then... Uh, I think we're missing what true unconditional kindness exactly. is. Exactly. Because right. that type of kindness is actually way harder, <laughs> way more sacrificial, way exactly. more authentic than just throwing kindness around, or throwing yeah. confetti around, rather. So I'm a bit on a mission to like shift yeah. that poster, because I think that that poster, while well-intentioned, those t-shirts at Target, while well-intentioned, I don't think they talk about kindness in a way that honors how hard it is. Yeah. Um, and so I think that like as a culture, we have to own the fact that uh, if we're going to throw kindness around as loosely as we do, we better we better start defining it collectively exactly. to represent how challenging it is in practice. Yeah, that's why I really wanted to just touch upon that subject because, yeah, I've seen a lot of, you know, like what you said, posts and posters and T-shirts of, like, spread kindness, like, you know, be kind to everybody, yeah. but people don't really <laughs> show it. So yeah. What you does know, that mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, what kind of example are you putting on to those people or, like, your viewers or anybody that you're, you know, wanting to impact yeah. if you're not really taking action with your words? You're just saying them to say it. So now going back to resentment, how much do you think holding resentment hurts a person? Yeah, there's a, there's a great quote about it. Uh, something about, like, it's like resentment is uh, drinking poison, thinking the other person's going to die or something. <laughs> oh, my God. It goes back wow. to that whole, like, right, when you're holding a grudge, yeah. the other person's out dancing. Yeah. Um, resentment is, like, has, like, physical effects on your body. Resentment, like, literally, like, physiologically, your body is in more stress it's more anxious like, right. you're gonna hurt yourself by holding resentment towards others right and so that like the the practice of letting go of that um i don't know it's like like any uh, we call our company character strong because we think that like character is like a muscle that you can oh, exercise yeah. in your life yeah um and they've, they've actually done much <laughs> really interesting research around willpower um the saying that it's not an ability or like a skill so much as it is a muscle mm -hmm. meaning like you can grow it which is great you can like improve your willpower mm -hmm. but it also means it can get fatigued in the same way that like when you lift a bunch of heavy oh, weights right. like at some point it gives out yeah right. uh, which is why there's like all this interesting data around yeah surgeons who make really simple mistakes uh, after like long days because they've like run out of yeah. juice and like right. there's actually data around like doctors like an infidelity after long days because they've used up all their willpower in their work and then when they have a circumstance relationally where they have an opportunity to like make a poor decision mm -hmm. they're more likely to make that poor decision because we've run out of like yeah. the willpower yeah um so I, I just like like that analogy because it reminds me that if i don't practice in the little moments with the, the small weights mm -hmm. then i'll never build the capacity for the more challenging moments right and so sometimes we think like holding on to little moments of resentment here or there is not a big deal. 
but I think it's actually like those moments that cumulatively yeah. add up to if you don't take care of those ones then you don't have like the skill set literally the strength to like navigate the more challenging ones right so yeah resentment is one of those things that I think we have to chip away at yeah building off of that what is the best piece of advice that you would give to a young person that um, is carrying rage and resentment mm. um Rage is a big one. Rage is like a very outward, explosive thing. Right. Um, and if you're experiencing rage, I imagine you're in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I want to be careful not to offer any advice that like dismisses the validity of that pain. Mm-hmm. So like step one is like honor your hurt. You know, right. you're hurting and that is frustrating and you're allowed to be angry right. um, at people, at the world, at things. Um, resentment we've talked about a lot it's like the poison thing it's right. like more internal yeah. it's the gradual it's the slow death um, with both of those like honor the fact that this stuff is, is hurting and you're allowed to experience that in fact you're allowed to express your anger uh, in ways that like doesn't hurt yourself or other people like mm-hmm. find outlets for that some people go boxing some people go yeah. dancing some people paint yeah. like some people sing scream like those things are allowed and healthy and good on the other side of that Um, one of my favorite concepts it's like a derivative of a a quote by a guy named G.K. Chesterton Um, and it's how much bigger your life gets when you make yourself smaller in it which is to say find things in your life that you're pursuing that feel bigger than you Yeah. because when your whole life is driven by your rage, your resentment your anger, your bitterness your anxiety, your exhaustion then your life is the size of you right because your whole experience is determined by whatever you're feeling in that moment and that's a really exhausting and small way to live Uh, and so my advice would be like take those things that have made you angry uh, take those experiences and leverage them towards something bigger than you like find a purpose worth pursuing yeah that helps people or helps yourself or helps others going through something similar to you my friend Ethan Zani says, never let a crisis go to go to waste. Right. Like, never let, yeah. like, an experience that's been painful in your life, yeah. like, go to waste. And go to waste just means that it's all about you. Yeah. I'm mad. I'm angry. I'm hurt. This is all about me. And then your life is the, exactly the size of you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Versus, like, what if I looked at this hurt and I'm allowed to feel it, I'm allowed to experience it. What if I took this and, like, used it to fuel that purpose in my life and mm-hmm. use it to help people and like invested in something bigger than me and all of a sudden my like it's freeing because yeah. no longer is my anger just a vehicle internally it's something that I'm using to leverage towards something like bigger yeah 100% wow it's crazy that you mentioned um uh you said like use that pain right because one of my mentors he I remember I was going through something really hard one day and I was I was angry I was so angry with the person that hurt me and I was telling him and he told me he's like he's like instead of dwelling on that pain why don't you use it for your breakthrough like it's (laughs) just you need to use it to break through why are you gonna let it go to waste you touched upon using um pain and you know resentment or whatever as like what i said right now like to push you into a bigger purpose in life so many people find drive and motivation through like you know the people that don't like them or the people that you know they spit hateful words towards them but i know you're all about you know showing kindness no matter 
who tells you what, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, what do you think about that, like that mindset of using those hateful words, those hateful comments, that negative vibes, everything as motivation instead of, you know, showing love and kindness? Like, what do you think about that? Um, I... I would encourage a different choice. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, like, I sometimes have the attitude, like, haters going to hate. And yeah. I think all of us at some point get pleasure from, like, winning when people think you're going to lose. Like, yeah. there's something naturally satisfying about that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, would you rather, would you rather, like, make cake with love or with hate like if you're gonna <laughs> right. make something what what ingredients do you want to put into it oh well uh, yeah and if it comes from a place of hate like sure i mean mm-hmm. i the ingredients i want to use in my life just look different i suppose yeah um and, and i think <coughs> that there's um like the i think the mentality of that is like that we have to win that we have to like beat people like this these people that you're angry with like we're going to show them mm-hmm. and um i think it's just a good reminder that like probably at the end of the day they don't really care yeah and so like you're trying to like you're in this competition and it's just you on the field yeah. and you look kind of dumb <laughs> you know yeah. and so it's like what if what if like the bigger more interesting choice for your life is um is to like invite them in or to like uh or to love them or honor them um or forgive them in a way that feels profound right there's like and there's so many examples of that nelson mandela spends oh th- yeah 30 years of his life in a prison yeah. and he walks out and he goes i forgive you yeah and that's like that's my the entirety of my life he spent in prison yeah and he goes i forgive you <laughs> oh. and that's like su- like that is way more interesting to me and the world celebrates it right like we have to pay attention like the world is like whoa what this guy just did <laughs> yeah. is insane and, yeah. and it's more insane than like he, him walking out and like going and you know getting rid of apartheid the action of forgiveness in that moment is way more interesting than like the I'm gonna show you mentality right but I think in our world we get so caught up in that I'm gonna show you mentality because we feel compelled you know we're like animals so cage animals like we have yeah. to win but like we're exactly. not there's no competition yeah there. so wow. I think the fuel or the ingredient of love is more powerful and yeah. um Abraham Lincoln said something around, like, you know, the best way to defeat your enemies is to befriend them, basically. It's like you could live your life with a whole bunch of enemies mm-hmm. and, like, be in constant stressful competition. Mm-hmm. Or you could, like, do the harder work of befriending or loving them, even if it's from a distance, which right. is a better way of winning, I think. Yeah, really changed my perspective. Because <laughs> I, yeah, I've, I've grown up, you know, like, my family has taught me and the people around me have always taught me to... Um, you know, like if there's people hating you or, you know, just not vibing with you in some sort of way, just, you know, make it, make it and prove to them that you can do it and that all their negative feedback, it's like going to just hit them in the face. But wow. Yeah. Now, you know, listening about like loving and really like the quote you just said about Abraham Lincoln befriending your enemies, like it's so true. Like sometimes we forget about love and forgiveness and we just want to win win and win and sometimes yeah it's only us on the playing field you know yeah i mean it's okay to prove people wrong too right like right in the sense of (laughs) i think the best way we can prove people wrong is through consistency Mm -hmm. meaning you know i started a club about kindness when i was in high school and there were kids who like 
made fun of me or mocked me for it. And I literally have an example from this year, and it's been over a decade since I've been in high school. And I got a message from a kid on Facebook like a couple months ago being like, hey, just want to let know what you're doing now, I really respect. And uh, the last line was really powerful. He goes, uh, in high school, I didn't understand. And so that idea that like 10 years later, I didn't even know this yeah. guy's like following the work, but 10 years later, I get this message. Yeah. Um, which like feels good. And it's not like I was trying to beat this kid or, mm-hmm. you know, there is a sense in me that says, oh, I proved this kid wrong. Mm-hmm. But not in a way about him, but like, a, oh, I'm proud of myself for, for continuing to try to live into the thing yeah. that I said I was, that I always believed in in the first place. Yeah, exactly. So if you were down to your last couple hours of life, what would you tell um, the viewers out here that are, you know, seeing this and hearing this is the biggest lesson you've learned in your whole life? Hmm. Um, there are three small things that I think about probably most. One uh, is my tattoo, which says, be is greater than do. Uh, so that to be list versus the to-do list, mm-hmm. that we're human beings, yeah. not human doings. I've always loved that idea. Yeah. Um, so when you think about success in your life, um, I think it's a one or the other thing, but make sure you don't forget about in terms of accomplishments, like what does the accomplishment around being look like versus all the things you do? Yeah. Um, the second one would be one of my favorite words, which is mudita. Mudita is a Sanskrit word, it means vicarious joy, um, meaning I find happiness in the happiness of others. Wow. So creating opportunities to for people to be empowered, mm-hmm. to feel loved, to feel supported. Um, the pursuit, one of the pursuits of my life is to continue to find less happiness in my own selfish like oh, I want this thing I want this yeah. thing because it makes me happy and more about like if I make you happy the happiness I see in you is is much more profound than the happiness I get from my yeah. own momentary transactions mm-hmm. and the last one is something I've just been thinking about a lot recently which is um, Robert Greenleaf coined the term servant leadership mm-hmm. and he says the true test of a servant leader is whether or not they left people better than they found them especially those with the least amount of power. So what does that what does that mean for your life? What does that mean for my life? I think is a question that we should ask ourselves often. Wow. Am I leaving people better than I found them? And what am I doing with whatever my platform looks like, whatever my privilege looks like, what am I doing that to help people with less power than me? Wow. Because that is leadership. Yeah and love well thank you so much houston for being here and talking to my viewers and everything because you know yeah love and kindness it's really a topic that is kind of overlooked and like you said like kind of simplified Mm. but there is so much more it's so much deeper than what people think but thank you so much again for being here um where can my viewers find you if they want to look more into your stuff yeah i'm here a lot this is where (laughs) you can find me right here um no you can find me uh like at houston craft on instagram um that's where i'll i exist most of the time i guess i exist in myself most of the time but um at houston craft houston like the city craft like the cheese um, and then Character Strong is the work. So if you're interested in learning more about what we do to support schools and teachers and hopefully make the world a more kind place through education, that's Character Strong. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. This interview is live on my YouTube channel, so that link is down below. Go click it, go subscribe, go like, go comment, go do all that good stuff. 
also Houston's Instagram is down below as well as my Instagram, my Twitter, my Snapchat, my Facebook, all that good stuff is down below. So stay on the journey with me and also be part of my journey. Another amazing thing happened. The impact is on Apple Podcasts. So just go on Apple Podcasts and look up the impact by KV and it will be there and subscribe. Also, some of you guys aren't subscribed to the podcast. So go subscribe and remember change your mindset change your habits, and change your way of life. I love every single one of you guys. Have an amazing day.